You're listening to the Hey, It's Katie Q podcast. This podcast is creating a real and hopeful community supporting imperfect journeys to parenthood. And I'm your host, Katie. It's my goal to remind you that there is no one path to becoming a parent. This podcast will provide a space to walk alongside you in your grief after pregnancy or infant loss or through any struggles you might be facing on your journey to parenthood. I'm here to provide you with the tools to find joy again and to hold space for you any step alongside your journey. I'm so grateful you're here and look forward to connecting with you. Today is part two of a three-part series documenting the story of my husband Adam and myself becoming parents to our first baby, Sylvia Catherine Quaid, born sleeping at 18 weeks one day. Throughout my time during pregnancy, I documented our journey through my blog. I want to share this series of blog posts with you so you can get to know us and more about what we went through. Just a little bit of a trigger warning that these blog posts are really raw and real. They were written in real time when when we were going through and experiencing the worst time of our lives, so it might be a little hard to listen to. After I share our story and these series of blog posts, I will begin interviewing other moms, dads, nurses, therapists, and friends and family members of the pregnancy and infant loss community and any parent who has experienced a non-traditional journey to parenthood. I'm here to build the platform and to hold space for all journeys to parenthood that have been less traveled. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this week's episode. This blog post was written on April 30th, 2020. This has not been a traditional pregnancy journey. As most of you know from my last post, there's been a lot of pain that's been associated with our story. The milestones that most people might feel excitement about don't always come with the same joys for us because most of the time they've been associated with some not so great news. With this whole COVID-19 home lockdown order, many people are feeling so much uncertainty, a feeling of when will it end? I do have to say, I'm feeling those things too, coupled with the uncertainty of wondering every day if our baby is going to survive, wondering if today is the day that I'll feel the cramping that will take us to the hospital to deliver our premature baby, or if today is the day that my life is going to be in danger because I'm going to bleed too much. Some of the days go slow. They crawl by so much sitting and waiting and wondering and worrying. In all of this uncertainty, we also hope and we pray. Every day I plead with God to keep me safe and to keep our baby alive. I like to use the analogy of being a marathon runner. When you're at mile 20 of the race and you have 6.2 miles to go, and sometimes it just feels like, will this ever end? I don't care how much I've trained or how close I am to the finish line. I just want to hop on over to that beer tent and call it quits. After last week's hospital stay, we were feeling pretty optimistic. We were feeling grateful, like we had received a true miracle. The days following were pretty uneventful for our recent standards. My bleeding had subsided a little, and we allowed ourselves to think forward just a little bit to feel like we might actually be having a baby this fall. Yesterday morning, I had my new routine weekly ultrasound. Adam and I were both feeling pretty optimistic that we were going to see increased fluid levels around the baby and that just maybe 
we'd be good to go for a while. I left Adam in the parking lot, sitting in the car as they went up to the waiting room. They brought me back to the ultrasound room where I asked if I could call Adam, but unfortunately they wouldn't allow for that. The sonographer proceeded to begin the ultrasound and I immediately said, oh no, the fluid is too low. She was surprised I knew how to read the ultrasound and quickly took a few rushed images while I sat crying on the table. When she was finished, she told me to message Adam and to let him know that they would sneak him in the back door. At that point, I expected the worst. They aren't going to allow your husband to come back to the room to meet with the doctor when it's against the rules, unless it's really bad news. She brought me into a consultation room, not the typical clinic room. And that's where Adam met me. We sat there for a long 10 minutes waiting for the doctor, and when she finally came in, she explained to us that the fluid levels were at 1.3 centimeters. The lowest they like to see the fluid levels at this point in pregnancy is 2.5 centimeters, and normal-ish levels are around 10 centimeters. She went on to explain to us our options. We could choose to terminate the pregnancy. We could wait and have a natural stillbirth, where we would have the chance to meet our baby, or we could schedule a surgical D&E where I'm put to sleep never meeting our baby. She told us that we were going to be faced with an inevitable miscarriage and we needed to prepare for that time to come. The chances of our baby's survival were slim to none. We were sent home to hurry up and wait, to worry about when my cramping was going to start or when my bleeding was going to be too heavy, to worry about every single little thing my body was doing and wonder if it was normal or not. After last week, I wasn't sure I could have a day of my life that was much worse, but I think that maybe yesterday was worse. Hysterically crying all the way home, through the phone calls to our family, sitting in my bed all day, trying to take our minds off our fate with trashy TV and crying through my chicken noodle soup at dinner, pleading with God that this wasn't fair why was this happening to us? I didn't want to lose my baby that I hadn't met yet, but I so desperately wanted to know. Feeling little flutters in my stomach from our baby that I was going to have to say goodbye to. I didn't sleep much last night, worrying that every little thing I felt inside was going to turn into terrible cramping. I woke up around 4.15 a.m. for about the sixth time to go to the bathroom and had a really bad, intense cramp where I nearly passed out from the pain. Unsure if the cramping was a contraction or if it was from a stool softener I took the night before because hello pregnancy constipation. I laid on the bathroom floor trying to breathe through the pain before I could muster the 10 steps back to my bedroom to wake Adam up. Lying on my bedroom floor, I felt in my gut that we should make the 50 minute drive to the hospital. So there we went. Adam packed our bags and we headed out to the hospital in the wee hours again. When we arrived at the hospital and told security that we were going to the labor and delivery floor, she asked us a few questions while she so obviously stared at my not very big belly. We checked in and were brought to a triage room where they did the routine heartbeat check with the Doppler where our baby's heart was beating from 138 to 164 beats per minute. I was wheeled down to the ultrasound room where Adam was left sitting in the triage room upstairs. After being wheeled back upstairs, we waited for the doctor to come in. She told us that the fluid levels had gone up to three centimeters. It turns out that it's normal for fluid levels to fluctuate and that usually they don't measure your levels until your third trimester, 
but because mine had been so visibly low, that's why they measured them. She said the baby was growing and was actually measuring a little bigger than average for 17 weeks, that they couldn't see any more internal bleed, even though I was still bleeding. She threw her hands up, not understanding where this bleeding was coming from. She told us that this journey is still full of uncertainty for us, that she doesn't know what tomorrow is going to bring or if and when my bleeding will be too much. She told us that we could choose to terminate the pregnancy to end the uncertainty or we could keep going. I'm guessing this doctor has about 30 years of practice under her belt, and she told us never has she seen a case exactly like ours with this amount of bleeding, but still hope for a good outcome. She told us that the chance of me miscarrying is not inevitable, and even though odds aren't in our favor, there's room for hope. So once again, here we sit on a Thursday on the deck at my mom's house, grasping so hard to a glimmer of hope, hoping that we can truly be a medical miracle, hoping that our fight as parents matches the fight of our baby, hoping that the prayers of us, of our families and our friends all pay off and that we truly do get to meet our baby this fall. Here we sit waiting. We hurry up and wait for the next scan on Monday, hoping that it's filled with good news hoping we don't have to spend a day enduring the pain of loss, hoping for a bright future with this feisty little babe of ours. That concludes today's blog post uh, and and episode. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And we hope you, I guess, not enjoyed hearing our story because nobody really enjoys hearing stories like this. But if you had a story that was similar, if you knew people, or know people that are going through something similar that it can make you feel not so alone in this journey because it can sometimes feel like a really lonely journey for some people. Um, They might feel like nobody in the whole world is going through something similar to what they're going through. Um, So we hope that we can provide a little bit of support for that. If you have a story about a non-traditional journey to parenthood, we would love to connect with you. And we can do that if you reach out to us through our website at heyitskatieq.com. That's H-E-Y-I-T-S-K-A-T-I-E-Q.com. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you again next week. Until next time.